0: Welcome to The Therapy Road Trip. I'm your host, Patrick Praig. This is a show where we look under the hood to see what it is really like to be a client and also the therapist in the traditional mental health world. We will also explore what is working and where things may be broken and in need of repair in the therapy world. We'll also look at alternative or non-conventional forms of therapy from this recent wave of psychedelic psychotherapy to indigenous practices that you may never have heard of. I'm grateful you are joining us. Now let's jump into today's episode. My guest today is actually one of my clients. I'll call him Milton to preserve his anonymity. I remember the first time I met Milton, the doors were locked, and so um, he texted me, and I had to go let him in. And he came into my office, and I could just feel his anger. And right away I decided I would ask him what was up with it. Um, And immediately I just saw this big sigh And he sat down and he began to tell me about this issue he had with anger. And right away, my therapist brain, I had a big sigh of relief because I know you can tell when someone is being honest. And as a therapist, it's like, oh, this is going to be nice. It's going to be authentic um, and I'm not going to have to work so hard. And I think from that moment on, I really began to like him. He was open with me about um, his shortcomings, about he, he knew what his work was. He didn't come in to blame other people. He came in and was very articulate about what was going on with him. And we bonded, even in that first meeting. Milton is an amazing human being. Um, As I said, he's articulate and self-aware, and I do have a deep affinity for him now. After several sessions, we decided together that ketamine-assisted psychotherapy was the logical next step for him. He'll explain that. So today is his story. It's a story of what brought him here to this place at this particular time. And that's an interesting phenomenon that I want to talk about more in depth in another episode. Because I'm seeing when clients come to me for ketamine, um, especially, something has gone on and there's a shift and they're ready, Um, unlike people that come in and um, don't have that self-awareness. So session we're going to listen into is uh, one of our post-ketamine um, integration sessions. Just want to let you know, uh, first time I was mic'd up, I'm a bit nervous, uh, I don't really sound three-dimensional, uh, <laughs> but bear with me, um, I'm learning. Okay, let's listen in. Milton, thank you, thank you, thank you. For coming in, and um, and and uh, sharing this today. My pleasure. Um, I'm so grateful, and and your story. I think I've told you. Your story has been very moving to me, um, and one of, um, yeah, one of the most moving that I've uh, been a part of. So, I'm I'm wondering um, if you can just share what brought you to want to do ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. What brought you to me? Uh,
1: a, a couple things. One, I was at a period of crisis in my life um, mm-hmm. which had me looking for um, therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed help um, kind of sorting through my own mind, my own depression, my own issues in my family and personal life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did you know, the proverbial Google search. Um, and found a couple of local resources, reached out, didn't feel right, reached out, scheduling wasn't going to work, came across your profile and, and your site. I was like, huh, ketamine. I'd always been interested in the the research that's going on right now with you know psychedelics assisting with you know ptsd or trauma Mm. or depression Mm -hmm. and you know it wasn't something that i if i'm honest was the reason i chose you but it was it kind of gave me some insight into you as a practitioner and what you know what you were open to and and kind of aligned with with me uh and my thinking Mm. Um, and initially i you know i came in to see you just for Therapy, right? Um, And I had some trepidation about jumping into ketamine. It felt like um, a shortcut. It felt like I needed to do some work, okay, first. So it it felt like I didn't want to jump into ketamine just out of the gate. And so I, you know, we did some some sessions, and you know, a month or two, maybe two or three, even um, of working through some of my issues and helping me through that immediate crisis. But I think you explained it to me once, um, that ketamine, that is, about, you know, if, if a carpenter has the choice of a handsaw and a power saw, um, what is a, the most effective tool to use to cut through the stack of wood in front of him? Yeah, And that kind of helped me see that this is another tool that can be leveraged. Uh, which kind of opened me up to it uh, being honest, I still had some trepidation uh, given one of you know one of the issues that I am dealing with is is one of addiction and substance use. Um, so with ketamine it had me fearful that I would you know like it and like the high and and not get more out of it than just the surface
0: that's right
1: you know the the way it made me feel but The way you described it as a tool of allowing, you know, and I may get this wrong, so correct me, but of allowing your brain to reset some of those neural pathways and patterns um, and kind of like taking a dry erase marker to the board um, and allowing for some objective analysis of your situation, your trauma, your psyche, uh, all of which
0: really appealed to me. Can you say more about the trepidation uh, uh, about you were worried about getting addicted to ketamine? or
1: Yeah, no, maybe not so much as getting addicted to ketamine, but just having it be another substance to enjoy. And, you know, having an excuse to go on these journeys and, you know, just as an escape rather than substantive therapy, right? Yeah. Um, that, I was worried about that. You know, I'm an alcoholic. Um, I've struggled with depression and turned to alcohol and other chemicals throughout my life for the past 35 years as a way to escape. Um, and if I had a medically substantiated way to do that, I might have taken advantage of that. So that was my my thought process and kind of some of the trepidation that I had going into it.
0: And that's not uncommon, you know, um, that people are worried about that because I've, I've had people come in who have been using and, and had a big problem with some hard drugs, crack, um, opiates, you know, all, a whole slew of party drugs. Mm-hmm. And yet what we know is is that if it's in the right setting, setting, the amount of people that actually have an issue with it is really small.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because if you recall from my first journey... Um, you asked me, and we hadn't discussed this going into it, so it was kind of a surprise that you asked me, but you asked me if I wanted uh, a blessing before my journey, yeah. uh, and I think I enthusiastically said yes. It really differentiated it for me f- from a recreational experience. It was it was therapeutic and spiritual and i wanted to g- dig deep i didn't want to stay surface level on the euphoria and the feelings of the high from it i wanted to i wanted it to be profound
0: yeah it speaks to the difference between doing psychedelics and having a a, a trip you know with friends and and maybe not having any ceremony you know not having a container and, and one of the things I really try to do is, um, with the client, with you, Milton, was create a setting that that for some people could be sacred. And and I think it it has a, the set and the setting. Set being your mindset going into it. You can share a little bit more about that if you want, but. The setting is is huge, I've seen, and how the journey has actually come out. Um, I wouldn't ask everybody if they want a blessing. You know, it's really about each individual's worldview because of our talks in in previous therapy. That seemed like that would be helpful.
1: And it was, um, even if just to flip that switch in my mind from recreation to therapy— or recreation to spirituality. Yeah, um, it was. It definitely was helpful. Uh, and and you know you mentioned the 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 work that of setting the mindset that helped distinguish the experience too, or you know cause that distinction in my mind about recreation versus work. And I don't mean work in a in a, in the you know laborious sense, but of trying to get something accomplished um, and breaking through. I don't think I'd ever gone into a Friday night, you know, um, back in the days, LSD session with, you know, intention work, right? It was, oh, hey, somebody's got some LSD. Let's take some.
0: (laughs) The intention is to have a good time, hopefully, and not a bad trip. Exactly.
1: Um, But I did. I I, I meditated on what I wanted to get out of the session um, in the days and weeks leading up to it. Um, One, to kind of calm some of the anxiety that I had, but also to... Uh, Put my mind where um, I think it needed to be in in setting the intention of dealing with some things, being open to what was shown to me, um, and allowing myself to let go and be on the journey.
0: Do you have a sense of what got you over the hump of your um, hesitancy? Um, I don't know that
1: I, I don't know that I can put my finger on it. Um, okay. I think there's a level of it that had to do with um, my trust in you uh, and your explanation of it's a tool that we can use and that spoke to my analytical mind yeah. of you can do years and years of therapy and not get anywhere. There's another tool that we can try that has for some people cut through that. And kind of given a direct access to this, the, lets the walls down, if you will, to within your own mind to be able to allow you to deal with some things. Uh, and that's what really spoke to me is, uh, why wouldn't I use the tools available to me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, and I had put in put in at that point. I had put in some work uh, with you, and um, you know, those around me had seen. Some of the work that I was doing, I had begun meditating regularly. I was reading a lot. I was being more open and honest. I had been back in AA. I was doing the things that I felt like I should be doing and wasn't just jumping into it.
0: You know, I think you, you speak of um, something that I'm seeing is that when, at least in my practice, when people get here and are ready to make the leap or the jump into this type of healing uh, uh, whether they've done psychedelics or not i see that there have been things in their journey that have brought them here to your point that they have done work to get here sometimes a lot of work for a long time and this it's interesting how i notice you, you know people getting here And a lot has had to happen for them to want to make this leap. And so I think you and I were continuing the stream of what had already begun. Is that feel right? Yeah, it it does. It it had been, you know, I don't want to
1: portray it that I'd been doing years and years of this deep introspective work. It had been a recent crisis that brought me to you Um, after... A long period of time of ignoring it um of ignoring my own emotional state and just masking it with at the time cannabis um but yeah I, I had you know when when the ketamine entered the picture yeah it was at the the tail end of of some significant work on my part um not not laborious or You know, years in the making, but I'd I'd started to do some real work.
0: You talked about a crisis. Is that something you want to share about? You don't have to.
1: No. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, So a couple things had happened in uh, my personal life and the relationship with my wife. Um, I had betrayed her trust. I wasn't unfaithful in the typical, you know, the traditional way, Um, but I had caused some distrust in our marriage. Um, and I had hurt her. Um, and that's been a pattern over the 16 years that we've been together. And and I, every few years or so, I would do something that would hurt. Mm. With her request or with her um, impetus, gone a couple times to therapy, but it never really dug in um, I had kind of talked, using my intellect to talk to the therapist and kind of say, yeah, this is going on and this is going on. I think this is why I'm unhappy and I have a lot of stress for my mother and these things. Stayed in your head? Yeah, very much so. And never allowed, one One was never really honest with the therapist about some of the deep, deep things from my, my childhood and my own life that have happened or I have done. Um, and so this time... I was at a crisis point in that I couldn't do this anymore. I was so overwhelmed with grief, with fear, with my emotional state. I was I was teetering. Um, I had had suicidal thoughts on a regular basis. Um, never such that I was going to do something about it, but it you know, it was just ever increasing. You know, the, these thoughts would creep in and, you know, man, it'd just be easy for my family and my kids if I just wasn't here. Yeah. And I had a little breakdown, um, with this last hurt that I had caused and realized that I had just been being very egocentric and it was all about me. And I didn't want to live that way anymore, mm-hmm. not just for my wife or my children, but for me, Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy. (laughs) Um, And, you know, a narcissist knows anything. It's how to make himself happy or, you know, do what he does, needs to do for himself. But I wanted to get out of that pattern. I wanted help. Um, I wanted to be honest and work through some of the stuff with my past. So that I didn't need to feel the need to placate or medicate or just keep, my head above water, right? I felt like I was treading water. Uh, Another way I put it is I felt like I was uh, untethered in any which way the wind blew is that's how I was taken. You know, my anger, um, my emotional instability, somebody would cut me off and I would go into a fit or I'd have a fight with my wife and I would get so Upset, and I would invariably turn that back on her and spin spin it so that it was her problem, it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it was her rawness and her pain, or at the end, being at the end of my rope, or a combination of them both that made me say, "Enough is enough. I can't do this anymore. Something's got to give." Um, that was crises number one. Yeah. And then after a long period of not drinking, almost nine years, um, I had a, a, a relapse and uh-huh. that brought things to a head again, um, with my family, uh, with looking at my own addictions, uh, my own behavior it got me back into AA. Um, and, um, My first ketamine journey was after that um, kind of low, and I was just, I was done. I was ready to take a different approach.
0: And I really saw that when you first came in. I remember the first time we met, um, I think you were actually pissed off at me because the door didn't open or something, and yet you were honest about that right off the bat. And what has continued to uh, move me about you is your your deep hunger for honesty and and truth and and healing and i i would I would even pose the possibility that what I call your inner healer was what said enough or i really need you to i want to make a change and that tenacity has been there Hmm. so that it's does that that
1: resonate it, it does um because you know i had been successful at not drinking without any kind of i didn't do aa i didn't do any addiction counseling i didn't do anything i just stopped and i was white knuckling it right um I didn't think I was at the time, but looking in retrospect, I was. And, you know, my wife asked me, like, what made you drink that time when I had this this relapse? Yeah. After so long of not, like, what was it? And I had to think about that a long time. And um, over those periods, (laughs) sorry.
0: What's that laugh?
1: The... Bird just caught my attention again. Well, we need to talk about <laughs> we, we'll that. We'll talk about that. The bald eagle the bald behind eagle. me. Yeah. He's leaving now. My wife asked me, you know, why, why did you choose to drink again? Why, why then? And I had to think about that for a long time. And what came to me is I had just replaced alcohol with pot. Hmm. Uh, and my pot use had escalated in the past year and a half to a point that I was just frayed. I was was high all the time. I was um, not even able to get high, but I was getting high all the time just to kind of reach that baseline. And I think there was a part of me that knew if I drank, I'd have to face all of it. I'd have to burn it all down. And so I think there was some self sabotage or that inner healer kind of waking me up, going, "Hey, do this, you need to do this, not that I need to drink, but it was a way of of making sure that that happened yeah of the of of having to face the the mirror, so yeah. to speak, yeah, and it worked <laughs> um you know since then i I've been well,
0: s- you worked, your inner healer was at work,
1: yeah, I guess I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, it created a lot of pain, so, you know,
0: um, well, I don't mean a painful part. I mean, the, I mean, the part that said, I, I, I want to do something different.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the, the inner healer maybe would have taken a different approach and, and, and if he had his way of not creating that pain or burning it all down in yes. order to create that kind of restart. Yes. Um, but that was the narcissist in me. It was easier I know if I do this that I'll have to and it'll be easier for me but I'll have to face the music. It might hurt everybody around me. Yeah. Um, but I'll have to face the music. Yeah. Um, but from that perspective it, you know, it worked. Um, I'm, you know, 90 100 days sober. I'm completely sober. Yeah, I know it's so wonderful. Um, that's the longest I've been sober in 35 years. Um, for any stretch of time I'm so proud of you it feels good yeah um and I you know um I'm not quote-unquote cured <laughs> but I feel at least that I've taken steps. no exactly no and that's the one thing that's been clear through this is that this is going to be a journey um,
0: yeah yeah
1: in more ways than one
0: I love that this is <laughs> going to be a journey so if we look at your journey You know, you talked about what got you here, and really a lot had to happen to get you here, good stuff and difficult stuff. But you eventually made the decision, and and you showed up. You walked through the door, and then we got, after some time together, you decided you wanted to try this healing modality, and... Do you want to share your first journey?
1: Yeah. Um, It was the day after Thanksgiving. You know, I I, I had been, like I had said, the week before, kind of trying to set the intention for for my experience and one of positivity and openness to whatever came. It was intense. I was, you know, taken on a ride, um, and I went through some layers of things Um, you know i was um, shown and kind of pulled to the left and right through some layers of rock and clouds
0: to the left and then to the right um and how were you when you say you were pulled did you feel like you were floating or
1: felt like i was literally being pulled um, okay. but but through air not through rock or anything like that but okay. through but I could my the visual field was it looked like layers of earth um, but dark caverns and caves and um, I would there would be something poking out from behind the the rocks on the left side um, which was um, more of a soft woodland creature I don't exactly remember what it was but on the mm. right side it was um, this traditional Japanese style tattoo dragon that the green and gold and the red tongue that showed itself to me. And, um, and it was really, yeah, right. It was really dark on both sides, you know, except for these spots of vivid color. Um, but then I was going left and then I'd be making back right. And then I kind of had this, I remember having this sensation of, okay, that's the left is this, feminine side and this feminine energy and the right is this masculine side and this masculine energy. And I was like, Oh, and then I remember thinking, well, or is it more like positivity and negativity? Uh, I remember the kind of this duality concept. Mm. Um, and then having the thought of, well,
0: which side felt positive
1: left female side. It did. Yeah. But then I remember thinking, well, it's all the same and they're in, they're in both of them are in me. Yes. And I remember when I came back to center at that point, I turned into this bird and I spiraled ascending spirals up into this layer of purple and lavender and blue cosmos until I was in the stars kind of spiraling over all this rocky cavernness below me. Um, And it felt like I had literally transcended. And I was like, oh, yeah, they both are in me. And it was when I had that realization that I – something changed and literally rose up and out of it.
0: And what were you feeling when you were being dragged back and forth? Was it scary? It wasn't scary. Um,
1: At the beginning of (laughs) the the journey when the medicine started – kicking in and,
0: and just sorry i interrupted you but just to be clear for those listening we do the oral lozenge um uh ketamine um we d- we don't do the im or the iv those are different type of clinical uses some of them but we do the oral ketamine assisted psychotherapy but yeah just to clarify yeah go ahead
1: so when it started kicking in i was in my head a little bit Mm -hmm. and thinking god am i doing this right you know is this going to be okay am i going to get anything out of this and am i doing this right and i remembered this just mantra of myself saying to myself just let it go let it go yeah and let it go and that was the intention that i had tried to set coming into it um but once i started repeating that I did let go, and that's when I started being pulled left and right, and it didn't scare me at that point. It was just, okay, let's see where this is taking me, and it felt like I was leaning either to the left. I don't know if I was in the chair or not, but it felt like I was like a hard left bank turn to the left or a hard bank right turn, Um, um, but no, it wasn't scary. It wasn't unsettling. It wasn't, you know, like a precipitous drop or anything that made your stomach turn or give you any nausea or anything. It was very subtle. And like somebody was like, you know, if I had a a string attached to me that they were just pulling the string this way and pulling the string that way. And then when I came to the center, like I said, there were no more strings. It was just ascension.
0: You were literally um, like flying up, yeah, spiraling,
1: and then at the top of the spiral, I did. I, I saw myself as a bird. What um, kind of bird? I didn't catch that bird. Okay. Um, it it was kind of a silhouette. I you know I was looking down and up at simultaneously. I, I could you. see what the bird was seeing, but I could also see the bird above me, and it was you know I saw the long finger feathers in the silhouette of the the bird against the 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 cosmic sky so the lavender the purple the, the dark indigo and the stars um mm. it was intense um but not quite as intense as the the other part of that journey which again started in this underground realm um and I was amongst these roots of a tree under the ground and um I started again
0: coming up through the roots what did it feel like down there? Was it? Did it feel suffocating? No. Um, it was just... Organic? It felt organic.
1: It felt like I was just a part of it. Yeah. And again, I was just trying to be aware of what was going on and open to it all. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I had headphones on with the soundtrack playing. And um, a lot of the events in the journey seemed synchronized to that. hmm But one of the soundtracks was playing. I don't remember which one, but um, at that point, I started to kind of, again, ascend through the roots and through the layers of rock. And I came up, and I was sitting at the base of this beautiful tree. Above me, I looked up, and there was this green-leafed tree with this aura behind it. And I remember repeating the phrase in my head. It was just over and over and over and over, said... Mother Gaia, Mother Gaia, Mother Gaia, and and I actually took my headphones off and asked you, "Hey, write this down for me so I don't forget it." That's right. And you did.
0: Um, And before (laughs) this, pretty cool, actually, right? I mean, you were you you were deep in, and yet you were able to surface, and that's not always the case. Yeah.
1: I did have, at that moment, I did have that realization that I wasn't, in fact, there. Yeah. That I was sitting in a chair in an office in Lafayette. Yeah. But I knew that that was profound for me, and I didn't want to forget it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, coming into that session, I had undoubtedly heard the term Mother Gaia um, somewhere, but I didn't know what that meant. I had no context for that. It, it it could have been anything. I didn't. I had. I was not aware of what that term meant. And it wasn't until afterwards that I learned that that was a term for Mother Earth. And the feeling I had in that moment, you asked me you after were I came out
0: in her arms. It sounds like
1: it, it was enveloped. I was enveloped by it um, by light. Um, and I had this overwhelming feeling of peace and calm. Mm. And that I wasn't separate from anything. That I was everything and was a part of everything. And I had never felt that in any context in my life. And it is the only what I will would describe as spiritual moment of my existence. Is that right? I have never felt anything so profoundly or so positively and been so sure of anything in my life.
0: You know, as you say that, I get a bit emotional, but I just wonder, as as you're saying that right now, are there any feelings coming up?
1: Yeah, I want to feel it again. (laughs) What's that? I said, yeah, I want to feel it again. Yeah. I mean, that, that feeling stuck with me. Yeah. Um, How so? And, well, it's, it's, it's been a constant reminder of since then, you know, that was shown to me that I am a part of something bigger than just myself. That's right. Um, I am a part of something bigger than just the the day-to-day life we lead.
0: And that uh, was a new...
1: That was very new to me. I mean, I had, I had understood those concepts, but I had never felt that. Yeah. You know, I, I had read books about you know, you know, the, the universal connection, the collective consciousness about, you know, Buddhism, et cetera. But it, it, I had never felt connected.
0: And there's a big difference a between big difference. reading it and actually experiencing it. And,
1: and knowing that I am a part of something bigger, um, and connected to it intrinsically that it is me and I am it. Um, I had never, felt that and known that in but in that moment I knew that to be true that's and that's what stuck with me in terms of you know my I would say that was the beginning of of a spiritual journey for me I had been meditating before that but in a very secular way um and and I that shifted something in me of this is my philosophy of this is where I'm going to start the, the foundations of my spiritual philosophy.
0: Your integration was so seamless. You know, um, sometimes that's work, more work for people. Now, how are you going to integrate this? And, and I want to talk more about that, but I also want to finish this cool, you know, journey. So, so there you were in Mother Earth's, Mother Gaia's, wrapped in her being her arms and then the tree Um, did you have a sense of what the tree was about
1: um it was the the representation of of the connectedness to the earth and everything here and everything that is and was um in that moment I've always been kind of not kind of I've always been a nature person but I had never felt like I was a part of it. It was separate from me and something that I could appreciate on the outside looking in. Um, That was more of a, no, you are just as much of a part of that as as the tree. Uh, There is no separating it. And since then, as part of my spiritual practice, I have done a lot of walking meditations in nature and trying to just be aware of how i am a part of that and one thing that kept presenting itself to me was this bald eagle yeah yeah. (laughs) um that has which you just saw which i just saw um we're not making that up no and you know that's not the first time in this office that one has landed in my field of view Um, and it gave me goosebumps both times, but, you know, as we were sitting down to do this session, the, this, this bald eagle that I don't know if it's the same one or not, but seems to appear, uh, for me
0: in the middle of a town
1: on a telephone, on a telephone pole, pole, right in the middle of this window, that's perfectly framed, (laughs) framed behind you so that there is no escaping seeing it. Yeah. Um, and it's. The, the bald eagle has come into my walking meditations and, and, you know, I'll be thinking about it and then I'll come around a corner and there he is. And it just causes me to reflect uh, and be aware and, and kind of think about my connection um, with everything and, and why that's happening. You know, you can read a whole lot into that.
0: And Um, didn't you see one on the railing of the stairs? Or was that someone else? That might have been somebody else. Oh, okay. In the back of this building? Yeah. Yeah, no, that wasn't me. But yeah, um,
1: I've lived in my house for going on 14 years. And for the first 13 and a half, I saw maybe one or two bald eagles. In the past three or four months, I've seen a bald eagle a couple dozen times. What do you make of that? That it's not a mistake. Um, that I don't know if it's just that I'm being more aware and my awareness has changed. You know, you see what you want, right? Um, you can be looking through a cupboard of spices looking for black pepper. And if you're saying to yourself, the black pepper's not in here, the black pepper's not in here. It can be right in front of your face and you're not going to see the black pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you open that same cabinet with the intention of finding the black pepper, guess what? You find mm. the black pepper. Mm. And so I don't know if there's an element of that.
0: Um, I don't know. I or know. if there's something more... I've never more. seen an eagle right out there sitting <laughs> on that pole. But.
1: Or if it's more, you know, spiritual or cosmic, right? Or, or interconnected or, you know, the universe at work. I don't know. Um, I kind of used to scoff at that, to, if I'm being honest. Um, right. and, you know, even coming out of my journey, I think I said something, um, to the effect of now I understand why there's people, you know, that can be in the middle of a crowded urban area and just perfectly content to look like these wackos with these, you know, big chunky Tibetan necklaces or hats on.
0: They're yeah. like,
1: Oh, I understand it now. They're just connected to something different. And this is, you know, it just... I felt like a, you know, pretty harsh and judgmental in hindsight, how I used to think of, of that when I would see it. And in the same respect, I kind of giving myself a little forgiveness to have these thoughts of this cosmic interconnectedness and a bald eagle being kind of presenting itself to me, for me, so that I may learn. It, it doesn't feel as silly as it used to to me.
0: You know, this has been being a part of your journey has been... um so enlightening for me, uh, moving for me. I've learned so much. And what's happened to you has to, in some way, rub off on me. I'm so grateful for your courage and um, for trusting this process, for trusting me. I don't take that lightly. So thank you. Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you. Um, You know, my first journey was quite profound, um, and like I said, is the soul, what I would call spiritual experience of my life. You know, I was in a different place when I did my first one as yes. to when I did my second one, Yes. and I will be in a different place when I do my next one. I think this could be something that, maybe not as regularly as these will be, but that every... Couple of years, I would be open to doing it again, even yeah. if it's just as a reconnection or a way to open windows to a different part of my consciousness. I don't think you know, I my my days of going out and dropping acid and taking mushrooms with my buddies are done, um, and through meditation, I'm trying to find and spirituality, I'm trying to find different levels of consciousness. But this is, like you said, another tool in the in the toolbox um, of your of the therapeutic work, but also, you know, this Aldous Huxley would say, your doors of perception, right? I, I'm, I'm, I I appreciate that aspect of it in a non-recreational way. I think there's some value in, in seeing things through a different conscious lens.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not done. (laughs) Thank you. My pleasure.
0: Thank you. Milton's words are so inspiring when he says, I was a part of everything and was everything. Since my ketamine journey, I have been shown that I am a part of something greater than myself and connected to it intrinsically. I've really learned so much from being alongside Milton and his transformative journey this is really as journeys go on on the powerful side not everybody that does ketamine has this profound of an experience but there are many profound experiences with my ketamine clients his journey has affected him and potentially his family in positive ways when we are centered As Milton says, it can give us much more bandwidth for everyday challenges. The deep connection to oneself and to the natural realms helps to undo the deep aloneness that many feel. It gives us place and a sense that we are a part of something larger than ourselves. Many of us are good at distracting, I know I am, keeping busy. Addicting to avoid facing our deep wounds. Deep emotional connection to self and our trusted others helps undo the aloneness and allows us to face our fears and this ever-growing uncertainty in our world. Seeing uncertainty as something not to be feared as much as an opportunity for deeper growth deeper connection, releasing our creativity and imagination. Love becomes an option and love rather than fear is empowering. I hope you enjoyed today's therapy road trip. Please drop us a line and let us know your thoughts. You can email us at patrickprague at me.com which is p-a-t- r-i-c-k-p-r-a-g at me.com. For my producer, Claire Hooker, and myself, thank you for joining us.